0: Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it.
1: Yeah, this week we watched episodes 15 and 16, is that right? Yeah. Nice. I watched the episodes, but I don't always remember the numbers of the episodes I watched.
0: I usually do, but I mixed them up in my head. I was like, we're doing a lot of endgame stuff in episode 13. It was not episode 13, it was episode 16, so it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> we're winding down, we're getting to the end game.
1: Yeah, end game of season one, I guess, technically. <gasps> and that's kind of weird to know that we're not about to hit a wrap-up on the show, we're just probably going to hit a really big cliffhanger, and then have to decide if we're going to all watch the second season without each other, or if you and I will eventually plan on doing the second season, or for the podcast that is that'll be yeah. that'll be some I and want kind to of, yeah I it's I go back and forth because I really really like the show and I also want to keep talking about it and I if we're going to watch the second season I want to do it for the podcast but it's also one of those things where it's extremely long I think the last yes. time we did a show where we watched two seasons was hellbound and before that it was no hellbound was only one season sorry cancel that i i was thinking kingdom which is funny because we were just talking about that in our pre-show chat kingdom i think was the last time that we did like a season one and then immediately watched a season two but they had short seasons really short seasons
0: i think even together they weren't as long as a regular K drama.
1: yeah it was like a total of 12 episodes or something i want to say
0: super easy. And,
1: yeah, and this would be a total of like 40 episodes.
0: 40 episodes over an hour long each.
1: Yeah, so we would be doing this show for almost a whole year. <laughs> and if you <laughs> count if you count breaks, <laughs> if you if you factor in I breaks guess half and a stuff. Year. Yeah. Yeah, it would be like 6 months um ish.
0: Yeah, 20 weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's a long time. So we'll yeah. think about, I think the important thing is to ask our audience and like, wow, I just said that and now I'm going to undermine it by saying, I think we're going to watch a spooky show after this. Mm-hmm. We won't watch him mm-hmm. back to back, almost guaranteed. Raquel and I live for spooky shows. We got to watch a spooky show next.
1: Yeah, and for then- October?
0: We might want something more seasonal, more Christmassy and sweet, a more romantic show for our Christmas season.
1: <laughs> I just thought of this time last year when we watched Little Women because we thought it would be Christmas.
0: <laughs> it was a good idea in theory.
1: <laughs> it was a good show. It worked out. It was so good. It's one of my top <laughs> favorites, but it was not Christmassy. It was not Christmassy. We'll find a
0: real Christmassy show this time. And then... When the new year comes, if you guys want us to watch season two of Alchemy of Souls, I would do it. I would happily do it. But you guys get a yeah. vote.
1: Yeah, we could also do something where we watch it and record almost like a bonus episode of season two or something. I don't know. We we can talk about how we might format it later and then ask the listeners what what they think. But that's the New Year's problem.
0: That's that's New Year's us problems. <laughs> I wish we could go back to doing
1: four episodes at a time. Me it too. was nice being young. Oh my god, remember when <laughs> we had the stamina to watch four episodes of a K-drama and also I mean, I feel like I simultaneously had more and less free time. I I was not in school when we started the podcast. I have had full-time jobs. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> It was when they used to be 40 minutes long. Okay, I That's remember now. That's I true, remember too. I remember how yeah. we did it. They're really <laughs> long
0: now. They're really, really long. So it's not They're on They're movies. Us. Yeah.
1: Every um, week we watch, a m- we watch two movies and get back to you guys. We could not do four.
0: We can't do four. We're not young anymore. But it's Mm-mm. it's a romp. I love this.
1: This is my favorite pastime. It is so good. It is so good. Um, this this K-drama is really good. I will say, I I already feel like you all know what I was most bummed about in these episodes. We can get it out of the way now. It's honestly the only talking point. Even though these episodes were (laughs) awesome and there was a lot going on in them, there is one thing that happened in these episodes (laughs) that made me so fucking mad and sad.
0: I was (laughs) worried we were going to have to stop the show. That's kind of, we joke about it being your rule.
1: Yeah. And I wasn't sure if it was a joke. It technically isn't. Um <laughs> so obviously if if y'all haven't caught up yet, a dog died. And the joke is if the dog dies, we have to turn the show off. And it's sort of a joke, but it sort of also is a hard and fast rule. Um
0: <laughs> so So we will not be watching the remainder of season one nor season two.
1: <laughs> Sorry. The only thing that I will say that this show did that I almost never ever ever see in other shows is that they actually treated the dog's death as if it was a person dying and there was pretty much across the board no one that was like it's just a stupid dog why are you all so upset why are we doing a, pro- a- keeping its body in the Um, in the secret room, in the preservation room in order to have a burial service the next day. Like they were doing the works for the dog. And I do, I so rarely see that. I I see, I'm so used to seeing the dog sacrificed for some kind of darker, sadder storyline or the dog sacrifices themselves. And it's really beautiful. And we're all devastated. This one felt really interesting because it was not necessarily a sacrifice so much as the dog doing what the magical dog spirit inside of it does, like the only thing it knows how to do. And then to mix that in, they also said, and it was a magical dog that deserves a full burial service and to be treated like a person. So that's kind of cool, I guess. I'm still so bummed about it though oh i wish they hadn't i think we joked last week that it's insane that the dog just disappeared and we never saw him again and then he came back just in time for them to kill him and i was like kind of wish he had just never brought him back honestly (laughs) but he didn't
0: die in the sword fight outside of the the chamber the the king's chamber and that's nice I yeah. was really worried for him in that fight. And like you said, I feel like Master Lee really pulled through as a dog owner in this show. He really showed up and was like, this is my, my best boy, and I love this best boy. And that kind of makes it all a little tiny bit better. Yeah. And worse in a way. Cause and worse.
1: Because <laughs> that dog had an owner and a buddy and a life partner.
0: I feel like it felt... A natural part of Lady Jin's villain arc that she is on. I yeah, have, fuck her. <laughs> have lost all respect for her. I don- She had a line where she says, Is junyeo just a storeroom for Songrim? Are you allowed to just take items out whenever you want? Am I wrong for being under the impression that yes, that's exactly what it is. We all decide as a society, as a magic society... That we are going to store the most dangerous, most magical items in this world in this vault. Your family will be the guards, the sacred protectors of the that stewards. vault. The stewards. And then whenever either the, the royalty or Songrim's leaders, whenever somebody needs one of those items, they make a request to the family. They go in the vault, they get it. I did not... I thought that was the system, but this lady's like, those are my
1: things in my closet, and you're taking them from me. Those belong to my family exclusively. You only get to use them by our grace, our good grace, and you're- thieves and it's yeah. like no <laughs> that um, what that isn't how it works because that would give you an insane amount of power over the re- like isn't the whole council and this weird union between like Songrim and um jinyo one yeah and uh, all of these different magic societies and they have this this Packed this truce and this council, these checks and balances so that no one is necessarily more powerful than the other. And if you say that all of the magical artifacts that exist, all of the, the big, bad, dangerous or useful or anything that has any kind of magic power belongs to the Jin family and everyone just gets to use them because the Jin family is nice got ga- nice gals nice nice ladies <laughs> and that's the only reason that we've that the ca- the whole ass magic council has ever gotten access to them is by the good not because that is how they work under the checks and balances system that we have going but just that uh, i yeah no i agree with you i guess is what i'm trying to say i'm trying to long-winded agree with you as if we we're, <laughs> we're, we're trying to make different points but we're making the same point i'm just backing you up thank you you <laughs> get
0: it you get it because Park Jin is not Song Rim and so Lady Jin cannot be Jin Yuan like what yeah. is she doing i oh i was so mad so it felt natural for her to just be like and i will just murder one of our artifacts I will wipe it from existence because it came at me. Like, <laughs> you're allowed? You're allowed to just start destroying the artifacts now? I don't think you should be doing that. That seems bad. That seems unhinged. I, yeah,
1: that seems too powerful.
0: That's too powerful. You've destroyed three artifacts this year. Um, also,
1: what's with the whole thing where she can, yeah, just... Her daughter practices sorcery, apparently, which is. Oh my god! Does no one know how magic works? Because it just seems a little bit Buck Wild that she can have one little talisman on her, and everyone's like, yep, that's the thing that set off the sorcery tracking dog. But also, if it's sorcery,
0: then is this world not black and white anymore? I thought Park Jin's whole thing was like sorcery equals evil and must be punished. Yeah. But, I mean, it's par for the course with Jin Cheol-yan being like, I did something super bad, and I'm gonna apologize for it half-heartedly. Exactly. And half-heartedly. then nothing happens. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's just allowed to practice sorcery now? Like, I get yeah. it. It's barely sorcery, it was a lie anyways. But why does nobody get mad?
1: Yeah, I don't understand how it all works anymore at all. I, the thing with the whole fucking Jin family, too, is that they're just the worst, and it <laughs> sucks because they're the female house of magic. Yeah. Out of all <laughs> the, the houses. The, they're the only matriarchal house of all of the magic houses, and they fucking suck. They're all evil, every one of them, in their own special little way. Yeah, like, uh, the daughter. Choyeon? Choyeon. She's selfish beyond just about any, just in the most immature, short-sighted way. She doesn't have an ounce of wisdom. Her wisdom stat (laughs) is negative three. She doesn't, her intelligence is also negative three. She's purely running off of... She just maxed. Charisma. Yeah.
0: Charisma. Charisma. Everybody yeah, just and loves then, her.
1: Even then, I don't see why. Other than she just is, I don't know, the daughter of Spring or whatever. She was Spring, right? Yep. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all she's got going for her. But they're like wrapped around her little finger, uh, sort of. But like not fully. But yeah, she just runs around making terrible choices, having no accountability, and expecting everyone to cover for her all the time. And then they do. And, and so she just, yeah, keeps making bad choices. The, the mother is completely unhinged. And it sucks because you want to back her up because she's unhinged because she genuinely believes her older daughter is somewhere out there and alive and that she's going to come home someday but it reaches a point where she would sacrifice everything to bring her daughter home and i i am the last person who should debate on if that is good parenthood or not but i i'm gonna do it anyway i don't think that it's a good thing to um i don't think that it makes you an innately good parent or person if you are willing to um for example like i don't know sacrifice innocent people for the sake of your uh This, and this is theoretical. She hasn't like directly sacrificed an innocent person or anything, right? But if you pointed to any innocent on the street and said, this person has done nothing wrong, but if they die, you can get your daughter back. She would do it in a second. Oh, yeah. In a a second. Yeah. She would, she would burn the whole magical political system to the ground to get her daughter back. And I don't think that makes her a good parent. Divisive opinion. I think it's a, I think you're not a good parent just because you would fucking kill an- inno- I think that parents who would kill non-innocents to protect their children- 100%, go for it. Go for it. You're a <laughs> We've good also parent. Taken.
0: We're all on the yeah. innocent side, obviously. Yes. <laughs> but obviously. have you seen Doctor Strange into the mirror verse? Wanda's the bad guy. Okay, she's mm-hmm. the villain. Mm-hmm. There's, She's there's a, a point of no return, and when parents go past it, we're done.
1: Yeah, we're not on their team anymore.
0: That's fair, that's fair. I don't, yeah, you want more from her as the leader of Jin period. Mm-hmm. You just want her to be this stalwart, very cool, very respectable lady, and we get nothing from her, except evil. I hate it. Yeah, the absolute worst. The absolute worst. And then her husband's even worse? How? How is he even worse? One, okay. Who is the father of Wu I'm just curious. I'm just putting it out there. It's none of my business, but I'm just curious. <laughs> um, but two, we want to know. So, <laughs> two. How did you meet this guy? Because he's crazy, crazy.
1: And yeah. Now we, we- <laughs> know where Cho Young gets it. So,
0: <laughs> I going back just a tiny bit, just backpedaling a tiny bit. I started to like Cho Young only in that. Her relationship with Donggu is a complete disaster. It is a train wreck. And I'm enjoying watching them for the first time this whole series. She finally has scenes that I'm like, this is hilarious. I, maybe this show has turned me into the worst person. I enjoy people's <laughs> misery. I enjoy Choyan <laughs> and Donggu spending every second at the Jong residence regretting being together, regretting choosing each other. I love Park Jin sitting at his desk thinking that Maid Servant Kim rejected him and is super head over heels for Master Lee. These are the parts that I enjoy the most.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really, really love that too. I think my only thing is I wish they didn't seem like uh, Maid Kim straight up confessed to Park Jin because now I don't want necessarily I wouldn't be super mad if she got a little bit hurt because I hate that she's uh, Park Jin stan but uh
0: (laughs) but that's her only crime
1: yeah that's her only crime other than that she's a good person who doesn't deserve to have a fucking idiot simping (laughs) for her in the stupidest possible way
0: yes yeah for sure for sure but I I love watching them all be miserable it's it does just, feel good. It's
1: bringing me joy. It's that, uh, schuy- Is that, did I make up that German word? Almost certainly. Almost I know, certainly. I've never But heard it's that it. thing where you take pleasure in other people's pain. <laughs> it's I'm the there. word that describes that. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Our German fans are going to be so excited. Oh, or they're going to hate me because I'm so certain that I got that word wrong I am like mm, 100% <laughs> and I know that we have people in Germany, we have listeners in Germany that I I am so grateful for every day I think that's so fucking cool
0: it's so cool um,
1: and I just slapped them in the face by not knowing <laughs> what I was talking about and I'm so sorry <laughs> oh no
0: <laughs> you describe the concept so maybe one of them will reach out in in their deepest kindness, and tell us what the phrase is.
1: And they can be like, N- no, this is very Googleable. You could have just Googled <laughs> it. This is the word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, please go easy on us. Uh, we're trying. <laughs> um, those moments, and then Jungkook's lines. Jungkook had two lines that took my breath away in these episodes. And those were my favorite moments. Those are my favorite, favorite moments. Even above the misery moments. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 15, when he's talking to the crown prince and he said, ignoring the people's fears or condemning their fears as foolishness is negligence. Oh my my
1: God. Man of the people. I have not always been Team Junguk, but with each passing day, he's finally starting to grow on me, and that was a big moment where I was like, see, he is going to be the next what's-his-face, the protector of magic or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Gwangju? Uh, is that the dog? I- yeah, Guanju is the dog. The dog spirit. Gwangju is the dog. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> the dog, is the dog. It's oh, Gyeong. Gosh. Something Gyeong, I want to say. We're going to look in the notes. Look at, if you wrote it down, I'm going to be so impressed with you.
0: It's in my episode two notes. Gui Gu is the dog. Mm. Guanju is the magic leader. I thought it was. Now I'm confused. I thought it was like Gyeong something. I just wouldn't be surprised if we were talking about something different. Are you talking about what Mu is the assistant Guanju and Zhang Gong is the Guanju? Sorry, no, yes, we are talking about okay. something
1: different, cause, um. So, Guillaume? Yes, I knew it was Guillaume something or something, Guillaume. Um, and he was the one who, like, brought balance or whatever by putting it away, and now that it's resurfaced, that means that this person with the same star energy of the king's star will come and restore that balance, and I'm finally kind of reaching the point where I I feel like that is going to be Jungkook. I could not have imagined it at the beginning of this series. The dude was not, he did not seem like anyone should put him in charge of anything, ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but he's had a total turnaround. He's found a moral compass and he's holding on to it. It is not what the system wanted him to become. It's so much better
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They oh. tried to crush him, and instead they created a hero. but they will continue to refuse to acknowledge that he's a good person in, in almost certainly because if they can't stick to their guns that he should be crushed under the thumb of every policy they can throw at him then uh, then they were wrong all along, <laughs> and wouldn't that be difficult for them to admit? <laughs>
0: I mean, Park Jin clearly has some struggles with with his ego and needing to have a lot of power over people. I feel like that showed a lot with Jangook, for sure, but now also with Donggu, where Donggu is like, I just want a girlfriend, maybe my first girlfriend ever. And Park Jin is like, what if you both throw
1: yourself off a cliff? Never look, (laughs) never come back here. You're not my nephew. You're nothing.
0: (laughs) That's quite their response. He's like, you can come back. You can look me in the eye if you swear to never see her again. That is the most bullshit dramatic paper, little contract that I've ever seen in my life. And that was what you came up with. Of course, that was Park Jin's idea.
1: Stupid. I think what's really, really wild to me about this show and about that particular dynamic is the fact that arranged marriages were obviously a thing in that there was an arranged marriage with Chiu-yun and Jungook at one point, right? And But also, it definitely seemed like if either of them... If they both wanted it, it was going to go through. And if they didn't want it, no one was going to force them to go through with it. Because it doesn't seem like... It seems like arranged marriages are kind of a thing in spirit, but not the same way that they were in history, right? Where in history it was like, oh yeah, you're getting married to this person for this political alliance or whatever. In the show, I guess it was sort of just under the impression that Yes, there is some political gain with arranged marriages, but at the end of the day, they're all families in what is not necessarily a democratic system, but it's, like, equal power system, and the arranged marriages aren't going to necessarily make them more or less powerful, necessarily...
0: Yeah, and that even seems to be just coming from the Jin side, where mm-hmm. Lady Jin was like, my daughter should marry someone more powerful, like the crown prince, which I feel like at that point she was just being an asshole, because obviously Donggu is going to be the leader of Song Rim someday, like, that's pretty darn powerful. I don't know what else you need, you're just being petty. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really understand Park Jin's side. Is there some sort of chaste promise for the leader of Songrim? That is the part that I'm like, we've never, they've never hinted at that. But I yeah. feel like he just seems against Donggu being in any relationship ever.
1: To me, it also just felt petty where he was mad because... Lady Jin was mad, and so he threw that back at Donggu, and he couldn't change his mind after that. He Again, he could never possibly take in new evidence and change his mind about <laughs> something. It's
0: very classic Park Jin to try and push people into a corner and then be surprised when they bite his hand. Very, like, <laughs> if you tell them to break up and never see each other again... They're just going to double down on being together. If you talked to two adults in their first relationship as if they're adults and treated it, I don't know, with respect and be like, I don't know, go date, like have fun. Maybe talk to them a little bit about not getting, not rushing into things. They're very Mm -hmm. like, on our first date, we promised to love each other forever. And like, that's too much. Someone that's needs to tell much. them that's too much. Someone needs to talk to them, but talk to them like Maid cam talks to them like an adult talking to two adults yeah, i yeah, don't it's so
1: get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, it's so stupid the way and yeah i I guess I just don't understand the marriage system that they've set up where it seems simultaneously marriages of convenience and marriages of love at all <laughs> times. <laughs> And, like, if we have political
0: marriages, this would be one of the most powerful ones ever, but everybody's yeah. like, this is worst-case scenario, we really hate this.
1: Yeah, because everyone's feelings got hurt by someone at some point very recently, and they can't <laughs> possibly see it as a politically, ad- politically, politically <laughs> advantageous thing, even though it absolutely- Yeah, it's just so weird to see. It's- it's interesting world building. I'll give them that.
0: <laughs> it's, is it? It feels weird. It just it feels like there's something missing. There is some big thing that they just have not explained to me as to why they can't be together. And that's why there's this holdout. I'm waiting for the big reveal.
1: Yeah. This show does do that thing where they present. So I actually, here's a K drama. I don't know if it's considered a trope. I feel like it is uh or maybe trope adjacent. It's a very specific K-drama structure that I I almost exclusively see used in K-dramas, which is why I'm referring to it as such where they will do this thing where through the writing they will set up this big cliffhanger and then they will immediately present additional information. It's not even like it's like it gets resolved as soon as, you know, you go into the next episode or the, the imaginary commercial break is, is over or whatever. It's that, it's, it's like there's a rewind, right? It's not even like, oh, well, actually, we'll tell you. It's like they'll actually show you that there was information that happened that was filmed and, and, you know, obviously, that's not how it works within the world of the K-drama. It's not like it's being retroactively... It's like it's happening non-linearly, I guess. Yeah. And I I don't... Can I say... I? It, it feels like a tough stance to take because so many K-dramas do it. I don't really like it. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of have a problem with it because it feels like um, maybe not solid... Storytelling in that it's the, the primary soul design is just to subvert expectation, which is to say, it, not even sub, subvert expectation. It's to set up one expectation, play through that expectation, and then say, uh, why would you ever suspect that this other thing happened way before that thing happened? Like, oh yeah, uh, Mudak is, being accused of murder, but <laughs> rewind, actually, she had a conversation with uh, Chiyoyeon right before this, so no biggie, there's a witness, no <laughs> bit- And So you and I railed on how there, like, had to be a witness, and this shouldn't be a big deal, and they're making it weird, and then we spent so long talking about that, and then rewind, actually, yeah, that's exactly how it resolves, but... Kind of in a way, yeah, kind of in a way that we've already critiqued it. There was no way we could have known. And then it's like they're telling us how to feel and then being like, ah, you shouldn't have felt that way. Oh,
0: really? I like it. I guess I just like being told how to feel, maybe. And then I feel really smart when we make all these theories and we go on all these rants. Like, sometimes I feel smart. Sometimes I feel like a goddamn idiot because I'm like, we went on a... Forty-minute rant about how Master Lee couldn't be a soul shifter, or that would mean he's super evil so, evil, so evil. And then it was not that at all, and we couldn't have possibly guessed what had happened. But I kind of like it. I feel like it puts the drama in K drama. It just that feels like the fun of it. The price you pay is just being like, we're here for the ride. We're not here to win. We're not here to learn anything, or feel smarter, or ever get a single prediction correct. We're just here for the ride, and I
1: like it. Yeah, I am exhausting, and I love doing pattern detection. And I think that's one of the one superpowers that my brain has. Is that oh, for it,
0: sure, you're so good at it.
1: Yeah, I love, and I like that. I like that feeling of fe- like feeling like I've been given all of the puzzle pieces. And they're there, and it will take skill to put them together. And that is very um, maybe self centered of me, where I'm like, I want it to be, I want it to serve me in this way where I get to feel cool and good at something. And it's like, eh, okay, but it's not for you. It's just like a fun story. Ch- chill out just a little bit. You don't have to know, you don't have to play the calculations game to, and know what is coming because you're so good at putting the pieces together or whatever, right? It's like, I. I could maybe let that go a little bit. But yeah, I guess it just like, it gets to me when I feel like I have been presented with the puzzle pieces and then all of a sudden they're like, ah, there was a surprise puzzle piece. You never could have seen it coming. Like you never could have put this together because we were withholding a whole part of this from you. And so, yeah, there's a, the the part of me that gets a thrill from connecting all the dots gets really bummed when the dots weren't there to connect. I think
0: that's fair. It would I mean, we grew up on Scooby-Doo cartoons. It would be really defeating to get to the end of the episode and they take the mask off the guy and it's someone you've never seen before. And they're <laughs> like, hold up, we got to go back. We got to do a little rewind and explain who this guy is. It's like, no, the whole point is that the bad guy was in the episode the entire time and you had to guess which one it was. Clue wouldn't be fun if you weren't given all of the suspects and all of the weapons and all of the rooms. It's that's the point. That's the game. So I get what you mean. I think modern TV has a really hard time both subverting people's expectations and keeping people interested in mysteries when they give everybody all the puzzle pieces. When they give the audience everything they need to figure out the puzzle, it's. Become just too easy and too repetitive. There are so many shows out there that have these little tiny mysteries every episode. So I think they intentionally withhold information, not to make us feel stupid, but just to keep us watching. And so I give them a little, a little bit of grace. So I, I get what you mean, but I think in order to keep the mass audience's attention, I get it. I get why they don't give us all the puzzle pieces, because if we put together the puzzle too early, then we just turn off the show and say, it. I figured it out. It wasn't that
1: good. Yeah. And to their credit, there have been times when they have given us puzzle pieces that I did not know about until they slapped us in the face with them. And so they, they still do a good job of giving us little hints at stuff. Like, do you remember when you and I railed about how could Buyon, or, um, Mutak possibly opened the vault. Uh-huh. That's insane. And then three or four episodes later, they were like, cause she's Buyon. The the body, the blood is Buyon. You're so welcome. Was, yeah. Wild. That's so cool. Yeah. Speaking of which, so, Soyi is. I'm guessing that the blood that they gave her, the the parasite worm thing that they put in her, actually isn't working because the- did the vault open because of her? Or it opened because Mudok is Booyeon, right?
0: I think that's the question. We don't know if Booyeon has the magic blood, or I guess we know she has it. I don't think we have that guarantee that it is working. Or did Booyeon open it by herself- We don't know. We don't know. And that's the little cliffhanger there.
1: Yeah, okay. That's interesting because, yeah, we don't know how long Soyi will be able to keep it up if it was because Booyeon was there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that look from Lady Jin was at Moodock if she was just like, that's the girl that was in my daughter's room, GTFO. Or if it was a little bit of like, this girl's starting to spook me out. What is she doing here? It felt like the yeah. latter, but I might be just overthinking it.
1: Yeah, I almost, I would have a lot more respect for Lady Jin if she could figure this out. If she f- was the one that sussed this out where she was like, listen, all of the evidence is pointing at this, at So but the- <laughs> but there's something about this other girl that I just, I can't shake this. It, I will call it Mother's Intuition. Um, <laughs> but it, that would be very fucking cool would be if she cool. was the one that cracked the case, despite every fabricated piece of evidence that So Yi is Booyan. Uh, if they were able to, to figure that out. Especially if... I would feel really bad for So Yi if she got soul-switched. Oh my god! I would feel so, because she's already been through it, but if she got soul-switched even still with the priestess or whatever, that would be uh, the shaman. It would be awful, but that would be even crazier if it happened after she soul-switched, and Lady Jin was like, you absolute psychopaths. (sighs) Like, Here's my turnaround.
0: Here's my turnaround. I'm on the good guys team
1: now, and I'm out. To get villains. Yeah. It's pretty much the only comeback she could make in my heart at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for her comeback. I'm real excited for the real queen's comeback. I <gasps> That's have never cool. wanted anything so badly in my life than I did seeing Shaman Che's body in that cell. with Knowing the queen was inside of it. I think I like we don't know anything about the queen.
1: I just love the crown prince and I want his so mom. mom back. <laughs> I want his mom back. Okay, and the fact that we got a little buddy cop. Oh my god. Yeah, like we got the fact the show keeps giving us what we want because all I want is for them to team up and be homies. And I know that they're maybe not necessarily homies, but like but they're kind of homies. They're kind of homies. Like they- I
0: I think these writers, the Hong sisters are so good about making pairings that you just adore. And they did that with jong and the Crown Prince. They also did it with Yi and that one assassin, Jinmu's second right-hand man. I didn't expect yeah. to like that pairing at all. They got some giggles out of me. They got some little right? laughs.
1: Like them th- like something about a A good partner dynamic And they just deliver They deliver I want nothing more Than for Jong-uk and the crown prince To be best friends
0: And save his mom Save the crown prince's mom Let's go
1: Oh that would be so good And apparently also run into Jong-uk's dad Which ooh I don't need
0: that I don't need him in the (laughs) show at all I hate him so much
1: yeah, I really hate him. He doesn't offer much. The only point of any interest came up in the last two episodes and we've talked about that and that he was apparently looking for Noxu, but
0: mm, yeah, I don't know was if it is
1: because he's pretty off if he
0: <laughs> <was>. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a bad job. She's here. So, <laughs> and she died like a month ago. Did he not get news of that? I guess yeah. he didn't know that she was Noxu now. Oh, still. I don't need
1: him. (laughs) Yeah, he can just stay away. I know that Park Jin wants him to come back, but God, at what cost? At
0: what cost, Park Jin? Your decisions are all bad, so I don't need that at all.
1: Yeah, I don't trust a thing that you say or want or do. I have two
0: more notes. We're gonna go really long. I have two more notes that are really Oof. important.
1: Okay, let's talk about it. I'll try to not rant about them. That, <laughs> let's make that deal. Let's shake, okay, on
0: shake on it. that. <laughs> but you can if you want. I don't. I don't mind it. I like it. <laughs> the first one I think is shorter. Just a touch point. Just gonna put a little pin in this. I forgot fully that Soyul quote unquote owned Mudok in these episodes. Oh, forgot that was a point too. at all, because they were like, that's not a thing.
1: It didn't come up. It didn't come up.
0: She's <laughs> working at the Jong residence. She's serving Cho Like, why can't she just be like, I don't have to do that. No, thank you. I don't work for you. Sorry, Maid Kim. This is a favor, and it's a bit much. I really don't like Jin Cho so no, thank you. What? Yeah. Why is she working there?
1: I don't understand it. And yeah, the fact that Yul is kind of going through it, but could be, you know, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I really like his journey, his little... uh, They keep explaining it to us. Maybe that's why I like it so much. His inner conflicts that are outer conflicts because of Jungkook explaining all of them. I really like it.
1: Yeah, I like that we don't know what's going on in that dude's head, but all of his best friends do, and that's kind of nice. That's really nice. Yeah. I also like that jung now knows that Yul knows. So Yul knows? Ah, oh, it's so good! Yeah. Yeah, I really like that, because it was a little bit too messy to have them both playing the I know he knows, and he knows I know, and I know he knows <laughs> I know, and I know he knows <laughs> And I guess that this is that, but I guess I just like that it's not just Yul doing the I know everything about everyone knowing alone.
0: Yeah, having to harbor all of this alone.
1: Mm-hmm. I want
0: jong Unk to talk to so when they're both awake. I think that'd be yes. for the best.
1: That would be good if they could level and kind of come to terms with the fact that they're in love with the same person.
0: And that she's a soul shifter. Yeah. We'll see. Um, last point, jong other quote that I gasped, I clutched my pearls, I was <laughs> shook. When he gave Noxu her sword and said, If you ever draw this sword, promise me that I'm the first one you kill. Jong-uk, my boy. It's such a good line.
1: It's such a good line. I mean, it it's him admitting I'm putting everything on the line here. And you thought you were putting everything on the line all this time, but you you haven't been alone in that, and you should probably just kill me if you decide to draw this.
0: It's a very an ultimatum moment as well, because he knows that she has just been with him to try and regain her status as Noxu, to try and return to her previous life. And they've had the discussion at least twice now where she's like, "Noxu is the most important thing to me. And life is way more important than love. And he has said, no, no, no. What is life without love? We gotta prioritize each other. We gotta live for one another. And this was this was that. This was him telling her, like, you gotta choose. You, if you become Noxu again, I cannot stand by you.
1: And it will kill me. And so if you draw the sword, just know that it should be that I should be the first to die. Oh shit. Oh, Junk. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>
0: It's so good, it's so romantic and so sad.
1: Yeah, it it was very, very good. I like who he is becoming I all I will say though, the kind of skeptic in me or the person who wants to be sure we have all of our bases covered, all of our T's crossed, all of our I's dotted, was really grateful for the the little clarifying rant that Mutok gave when he tried to be like, just love me. Right at the top of episode 16, 16, when he was trying to play the just do what you said you are feeling and love me till you die. And she was like, Really? How does that work? How does that work in the situation <laughs> that I'm in? How does that work for you and me? How does that, how does that play out if I do that? Because you're not doing that. You're not in you're gonna any get situation. Next
0: month to some rando. What happens to me then? I've literally already been sold off to another guy.
1: (laughs) So... (laughs) I appreciated it. I just like when she adds perspective to the fact that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and romance in her particular situation because she's still out here kind of fighting for her life and he gets to keep going and, like, living a life outside of her. And she isn't always afforded that opportunity in her position. So good.
0: Oh, this show's so good.
1: It's a very good show. I'm excited to watch more. I'm excited to rant more. We don't have to turn the show off just because the dog died.
0: Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Because they gave him a proper burial. Take notes, people. Respect. Treat him right. Treat him right. (laughs) Um... Should we speed run our outro?
1: Yeah, just a quick little, if you have thoughts, reach out to us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Or we are on Instagram at playonkpodcast, on Twitter at playonk, or on TikTok at playonk underscore Emily.
1: Yeah, we have our website, playonk.com, where you can find episodes, sign up for newsletters, check out our affiliate links and yeah, that's all at playonk.com.
0: We have a Patreon, which you can find the link to on our website, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash playonk to unlock all of our bonus content and support the show.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, if you have time instead of money, you could rate review and subscribe. Give us those good, good five stars, maybe on iTunes. It just really helps us out. It helps other K drama podcast listeners find us.
0: Thanks as always for listening. We will see you next week for episodes 17 and 18 of Alchemy of Souls. Yeah, K bye. K bye. Bye bye.